political, outspoken, and passionate, Chilean singer-songwriter and activist Nano Stern has created his own musical language, an otherworldly sound that blends the youthful exuberance of folk music mixed with years of classical and jazz training against the powerful force of traditional Chilean revolutionary songs. What has emerged is a brilliantly layered confluence of indigenous African, European, North and South American musical influences that reverberate with a soulfulness and originality unlike any other South American artist performing today. This interview was conducted on a windy day during a festival. Welcome to the Creative Process. Thank you. I'm so excited. I mean, we're here at the, the Five Senses Festival, and you've just actually we just li we listened to a, you know wonderful concert you gave, and then you have this panel discussion. It was more like about your creative process along with some other musicians participating, and it's fascinating. You began music like when you were three or very young. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I, as, as I understand, who your your father, your your family is you're from Chile, but further back mm -hmm. in terms of a need to tell stories or to connect with people there. Your father was a, a survivor? My grandparents. All my four grandparents yes. were, were escaping the Holocaust. So we are kind of, I'm second generation born in Chile. My parents were first generation and my grandparents, which I got to know some of them were, were Jews from Europe, you know, and it was a complete radical change of life to all of a sudden end up in Chile. For me, it's strange. It's uh, always the quest for your identity. You know, when where are you from? You know, and Chile is quite quite homogeneous. You know, culturally. Mm -hmm. So it was very clear for me f since I was quite young that something from my family, from our background, from our history was sort of different. You know, like yeah. not not the same. Just first, like being part of a religious minority. You as a child be aware like okay like why is there a holidays and we are not doing anything it's Christmas and, or why do we have to have a day that we're doing something that no one else is doing it makes you feel kind of you know what's yeah. going on here mm. and in terms of what stories they told you or what stories they didn't tell you like what did they omit like did they have to like inspire your imagination or did you touch back on those in, in your songs and more the, um, I mean uh, regarding like the whole migration and all mm -hmm. I I found out more and I still keep finding out now more stories that they didn't talk about. Yes. It was very hard, you know, it was uh, I mean, it was the Holocaust, you know, so a yeah. lot of my direct family were murdered, like mm -hmm. almost all of my great grandparents died in yeah. camps. So I find I found out about many of these stories through indirect sources, you know, like mm -hmm. ex more extended family, other people mm -hmm. that, for example, my, my grandfather's brother by the end of his life, he, he wrote a little book of memoirs. Mm -hmm. So I got the copy through some other family member and then I read them and I was like, wow, I was finding out a lot of shit about my own story mm -hmm. that my mother never told me that probably her father didn't like to talk about, you know. It's this trauma, uh, this generation of the Second World War and the Holocaust was completely traumatized and, and it's difficult to deal. But I'm, I'm also very curious and very interested in knowing more, you know, and knowing the real history and sometimes it's like, wow, really still you know I'm 34 and I feel very young in, in that way and like still just starting to find out who you really are right? yes be, be like going past your own projection of who you want to be but okay so who are you really well it's fascinating because uh, as I think about the 
compression and the subtext of songwriting it, it has this it sets up a mystery always and you you know you keep on returning to it and uh, like it can contain a whole world and you were discussing that a bit before you know or even you're singing to audiences and they you're you're singing abroad you're singing in America we don't understand most of us what you're saying yeah. exactly but there's this all this emotional history you can't right so and then as you I mean music was always around you but then you kind of came into your adult you matured as a musician I guess abroad not uh, not in Chile uh, half and half, no. half and half it yes. was like a dialogue for me mm-hmm. always since I'm I left Chile when I was 19 yeah and I mean now I live there again but for like it's the last the half yeah. of my life yeah. already almost I've been you know, coming and going, and it's a very interesting situation to be. You probably have similar, no? yeah. That you are you're, you're able constantly to contrast, you know, mm-hmm. and to see things new somehow, you know, like fresh perspective. Because mm-hmm. just now, like to come here for two for two weeks in North America, it's we're gonna go back and you're gonna look at things in a different perspective. If small things, you know, like your kitchen, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all oh, this has to go here, mm-hmm. and big things like your country, and it's like, wow, this this should be like that, you know. Or, or this is nice and I hadn't noticed, you know, or your own relationships, or I should care for this, or, you know. And then the same, coming here, mm-hmm. or, or here, I mean abroad, wherever mm-hmm. you go, it's like the opportunity constantly to learn things and to compare, in, not in a bad way, but to more than compare, put into perspective, you know. And it's always going on, it's very, very satisfying, very interesting. Well, when we, we spend a long time in a place where it's nice, we, we can't get to know ourselves. Because sometimes, in a way, we can, if we are not careful, become a little blind. We become blind to the exterior. So someone comes from abroad, they have not spent very long here. It's very interesting. And also moving, you know, in the middle of your concert last night, you asked a very interesting and would seem very simple question. And actually, I don't think that the people in the audience had asked of themselves, which is, how many of you are from Washington, Connecticut, yeah. which is where this festival takes place? When you ask audience a question, not only you make them a part of the show, but when you ask that kind of question, they become the object you know, of the show. They become yeah. really the, and, uh, the center, the mm-hmm. issue. And yeah. they realize and they have to look at themselves, you know. And I yeah. think it's good, like, the stage can be, can be a screen, but it can also become a mirror. You know, yeah. and in this moment, it does become just a opportunity for everyone else to look at themselves, and you're just there, sort of making it evident. You know? Yeah. So you're you are a singwriter, a songwriter as well as a, a musician, and also you're working with kind of folk music forms, the decima. 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 Yes. Uh, yes. Explain to us what what that is. So the decima is one of the stanzas uh-huh. in Spanish uh, poetry mm-hmm. but it's a very special one because it, it's very old it comes from from the 1500s and it traveled all through the different territories that the Spanish conquered so uh, it, from Spain it gathered it just it spread through all Latin America from Mexico to the Caribbean to the point of Patagonia you know everywhere but everywhere in a different way mm-hmm. and everywhere the traditions sort of at some point disconnected from each other so it became a very local thing and in everywhere you go it's like the most traditional local thing is the decima but it's everywhere else as mm-hmm. well and they don't they didn't used it's to ours? know it's, it's ours uh, <laughs> it's ours it's theirs it's whose it's everyone's in a way uh-huh. and it's a very organic way of saying things and very musical yeah. you know it's a very musical form of poetry 
and it has been for now five centuries you know the the, the media where 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 folk poetry uh, has lived you know and a lot of improvisation as mm -hmm. well improvised poetry mm -hmm. which uh, which makes it an oral art form not 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 literature it's like oral literature you know yeah i don't I, i mean i guess people distinguish it or like one is more direct than the other and you were talking about that about songwriting being more direct mm -hmm. than written but i i don't i don't feel it as a very i mean i think it's a sign of how moving something is whether it can be oral it can be written and oral like it's more powerful i guess yeah it's different you know mm -hmm. uh when when art forms become set and they become part of uh, a certain dogma, you know? Mm -hmm. There is not equivalent of a conservatory for this mm -hmm. because it's nothing to be conserved in a way. Mm -hmm. it's, it conserves itself, it's an, it's an organic or, or living thing, the tradition, you know? Uh, it's, and therefore, there is no author and no authority. Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of respect and also of, of rebellion. I think mm -hmm. there's a balance of those two with, with when you're doing anything related to the tradition, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, everything is related to the tradition, just that sometimes we're not aware, you know? Every single word that we say etymologically means something else. There's a metaphor to every word, but we yeah, just... There's an image embedded in yeah, it. In and every, yeah. every, every single word, we're just not aware, you mm -hmm. know? But if we were aware, then it mm -hmm. would become very interesting. And that's the quest for, for me. It's constantly to be more aware because just it's so it's so beautiful you know it's a quest for beauty as well yes and so you're very inspired along with these you know folk or traditional forms you're very inspired I, i think you know you you read a lot we were talking about some authors that you mm -hmm. admire and you know what are some of your other the inspiration that goes into your writing and your performing you know beyond music yeah well words very much but life i mean mm -hmm. the What is inspiration, you know? Inspiration is literally, mm -hmm. is every breath that you take in. Mm -hmm. That's to inspire, yes. that's what it means, you know? Mm -hmm. So wherever you are, you are, the potential to be inspired is mm -hmm. ever present, no? Mm -hmm. But I think that the, the there is a certain state that you have to achieve to be able to catch up with ideas. It's like being an athlete, you know? Mm -hmm. Or being a surfer. It's yeah. like a surfer, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, artistic inspiration which sounds this very abstract thing you know but just sometimes an idea will come and it's like a wave and yes. w the only work that you can do is like go swimming every day so yes. that when it comes you are ready to swim as hard as you can and you catch the wave otherwise the wave just goes past you, you know mm -hmm. and that's got to do with with staying fit in every way you know or also artistically fit mm -hmm. and with with knowing your craft you know not only like this a little bit sort of grandiloquent abstract you know artist concept mm -hmm. but also the, the craft of your mm -hmm. of your work no yeah the just disciplining showing up and just doing this absolutely stuff, yeah yeah you know? and in a good way in a loving way you mm -hmm. know not discipline like uh, the soviet kind of i'm gonna hit you you know no discipline as a, as a as a means of understanding that you have to you have to polish your yeah. instruments of work you know constantly mm -hmm. and and it can it, it you really feel i really feel it when for example i don't play for mm -hmm. a couple of days or something then wow it's like some work mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or with words the same you know your the, the the rhythmical sort of poetical sensibility is something that also has to be fueled and mm -hmm. polished you know yes 
So, yeah, and I see that you're very open to the improvisation. Like, I think it was quite, you know, impromptu what we saw last night totally. with, with Ed, uh, Edmar, Edmar. Uh, Cast Castaneda. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely, I mean, we didn't even play through once the song, yeah. which is okay, this key a little bit, okay, go. Yeah, and he's playing completely different kind of instrument, but you speak this common language, exactly. yes. Exactly, yeah. And so, uh, let's talk about your. You know, I'm just trying to understand it from you, this kind of, from an intellectual distance, but as you're writing, like, could you, you know, unravel some of your lyrics, something that explains something of the spirit of what you are after and what mm. you're doing, why you are a musician? Well, someone who has shown up today in the, in the workshop we were just uh -huh. doing is Johnny Mitchell. No? Yes. And she, for me, is, is a very sort of, she got it, you know, like that's, that's yeah. what I aspire to create yeah. songs, for example. When she says, I've looked at clouds from both sides I now. I was just talking no? about that song. Today. From high and low, and still somehow it's clouds illusions. I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. I mean, it's so simple. It is such a everyday experience in a she way. She wrote it when she was 23. Yeah, yeah, it's insane, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's something that you can relate to so directly, but it is so profound, you know. It's a bit like, I mean, She's achieving a level of, of wisdom, you know, which I consider it's, it's kind of like the Tao Te King, you know, it's like... Yeah, like that compressed wisdom, yeah. Exactly, like synthetic, you know, mm -hmm. and songs have this this capacity of, of synthesizing, in, of, of I, I wouldn't say compressing, but it's like, it's like distilling the essence, you know, and that is really the... And, and but other times songs can be very combative and can be very contingent and speak about specific things that are going on. That kind of song is also important, I think. You, some of your some, songs have been in the aid of a certain protest or a yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But but my aspiration is not that. You know, I I I would hope you know to be able to to connect through music to some sort of subtle state of consciousness you know of, of of connection and i think that music really has that capacity you know and and, and words do as well poetry yeah. also has that capacity and it's 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 sort of achieving a meditative state you know of 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 like movement and stillness simultaneously i don't know it's a little very abstract it's hard to to say but that's really what I what I aspire to and also beauty I think that we live in an age where for too long now beauty has been underestimated you know beauty yeah. has been seen as something that can that you can get rid of that you can old-fashioned somehow exactly like from modernism onwards it's like mm -hmm. let's avoid beauty let's avoid unnecessary everything has to be functional you know mm -hmm. and no 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 beauty is very important and, and, and in some, somehow also functional you know there yes. is a function to beauty yes. and we as human beings are drawn to beauty and we have been able as a as a species to create such beauty you know such mm -hmm. in, incredible touching moving beauty mm -hmm. that I, I i find myself like in a crusade you know mm -hmm. to to go in that search of beauty mm -hmm. and also something that that inspires me very much that interests me and that i uh, always try to learn from is form you know in art you know f uh, starting to emerge from the 20th century you know with free verse and abstract painting and very incredible things achieved you know and such beauty created and such moving art i think there i see in many people mm -hmm. and i feel it in myself also 
some sort of bounce back towards an era, you know, a paradigm that is worried, that is concerned with form, you know, as a, as a, as a means for beauty as well, you know, as a vehicle for beauty. Hey, my name is Caroline Bell. I'm a freshman at Barnard College of Columbia University studying neuroscience and English with a film concentration. And I'm an associate interviews producer for the creative process. Unlike Nano Stern, I'm certainly no gifted musician or songwriter, but as someone who writes a lot of poetry on the side, I could understand and connect with a lot of what Nano had to say. For example, when he mentioned that inspiration comes in waves and you're the surfer who has to go swimming every day to find that wave, I could really relate to that with my own creative process uh, for writing poetry because I'll normally sit quite a while without writing anything and then maybe I'll listen to a piece of music or something in my classes that sparks a feeling and then that feeling sparks combinations of words in my mind that sound interesting when juxtaposed together. And then finally, I find how I can transcribe those intersections of words and feelings with my past experiences to put onto the page. So it's definitely a lot of work and it sounds a bit involved, but it's what works for me. And as Nano said, it's important to know how you work and the craft of your work in order to stay artistically fit. So even when I'm not working on poems or feel too swamped to put pen to paper, I try to use poetry as a means of developing ideas for other creative projects. For example, I've also started coming up with ideas for short films and screenplays, and typically my ideas stem from poems I've written previously, or I follow a similar process to develop those ideas for the screen as I do for poems. And I feel comfortable translating that process to a different artistic medium like film because I know my process and craft well enough to bring it into fruition. And even when I feel like that process is failing me at times, I'll incorporate some sort of improvisation in the moment to play around with my ideas, which is also something Nano mentioned that is really important and something he does as well. Lastly, I really liked the point Nano made about beauty and how it is central to every piece of art we come in contact with. I'm currently taking a class in modern American and British poetry with a professor who was a former student of Kenneth Koch at Columbia University. And one of the concepts we've recently covered is the intersection between visual art and poetry or words. And I thought that class was important because it's important to recognize that poetry and words, spoken or written, have an element of beauty attached to them, and that's what draws us in as readers and listeners. And one of my favorite artists is Jenny Holzer, and I've mainly seen her truisms or her truthful slogans and statements that comment on society on different mediums from projections on buildings in Manhattan to a bench that sits within the Barnard campus, actually. And she has a truism that reads, expiring for love is beautiful but stupid. And she came out with that around the time of the AIDS epidemic, but I think it's certainly an example of what Nana was talking about. That even though we as humans rationalize that something may or may not be good for us, if it's beautiful in its essence and in its core, we will be drawn to it anyway. And I find myself agreeing with Nano that that complexity with beauty is what makes art and humanity connect so deeply and so profoundly. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Chilean singer-songwriter Nano Stern. It's interesting, I'm thinking about now how you, you know, you've been formed between different countries and then your, your family and, and how, the, how a cha- her song can change over its lifetime. Sorry? I'm just thinking about how 
you know, you were formed musically in more than one country. Yeah. And even in your family background, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, you have a cultural memory of yeah. more than one place and how a song can develop, find its essence through being performed in different places to different audiences. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like a song will, will be many different songs in yes. one, you know. In a way, a song is as many as many times as you play it, it's gonna always be yeah. something else, you know, mm -hmm. because you are meaning it in a different way, because people are receiving it from a different perspective, from a different place, you know, and that gives the, the infinite lives of music, you know, that's very interesting. In the end, like all art, you know, it's, again, what I was saying a while ago, it's not a screen as much as, as a mirror, you yes. know, it's something that reflects itself upon, you know, upon whoever is being part of it. And as a performer, I very much feel when stepping on stage that we are entering a, a, a space of ritual, you know, it's like a spiritual thing. And that doesn't mean that it's like sort of new age, you know, like, oh, now let's all hold hands and feel the spirit. No, it's a ritual that allows sarcasm and humor and darkness and uh, also sweetness and cheesiness and all the possible dimensions, you know, good and bad. Uh, and I say good and bad, actually, I mean that are actually not good nor bad. They are just part of our experience as humans, you know, and uh, it's good to welcome them all, but always with this, with this complete honesty, which is what turns it into a ritual, you know, which is what allows for the mirror to be polished, you know. I was thinking about something, I can't remember where I read it, but you were talking before about, see this is one of my paintings, Ah. and, and something you just said, it was like, almost like you feel the, no, I'm saying, you feel the presence of something through its absence, mm. I can't remember exactly, this is something like, last night theme. I said or I said no? No, I think it's something I read, or ah. As you think about your body of work, or or maybe it was as forming musically through, for through being in Europe, and then you know, oh yes, because because sort of being a kind of cultural ambassador at the same time as a musician. Ah, yeah, well, yeah, and the, you are abroad, and yet you're representing home. Yeah, and the, yeah. And the fact that the your identity changes when you are not in your country, you know, because yeah. you become, for example, if I'm in Chile, someone asks, so who are you, and I would say, well, I'm Nano, I'm a musician, you mm -hmm. know. But if I'm here and someone asks me, who are you? I say, well, I'm Nano, I'm a Chilean musician. Yes. And this is important and this really it speaks of how you think of yourself. And, 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 and in that way, you know, being absent physically from your, from your place where you belong mm -hmm. makes it much more present within you. You yeah. take it inside of you, you know. Yeah. And there is this kind of, of energy which is different with foreigners, always, wherever you are, you know. And, and then connecting to the first thing that we were speaking, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not Jewish religiously, but I'm very much aware that I come from a family that fled the Holocaust and, and, and all the history behind. And you say like, so what is this place? Is there a place really where it's like this is, you know, or are we all constantly just moving around? And then beyond whatever your personal and my personal history can be, aren't we all somehow just sort of wandering around, you know, forever? And there's just the illusion of a temporary home that we create for ourselves, you know, but that is not so, you know. In the end, aren't we all just constantly wandering about, you know, having this pretension of possessions and of, of pertaining to things and belonging in places, but really, do we or do we not? I think it's something that artists, from, and more particularly perhaps musicians who, to be a successful musician is to, to travel, you know, usually. Yeah. So your sense of having a, a very clear roots 
you're more comfortable with uncertainty. In many ways, yeah, yeah I think yeah. a little bit of both. Again, like form in art, you know, it's good to have some kind of form, but then the form also gives you a lot of freedom. Uh, a sonnet, for uh -huh. example. Well, you go straight in. There's, right. you know, there's, there's, there's the same with 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 the unexpected and the the unknown and the known. You know, the unexpected and the and the plan. I think it's a good balance to, yeah. to have. You think good for these forms like the sonnet or decimas? Yeah. Other thing is like. And, and and yeah, not not only one person, but generation after generation. You know, it's mm -hmm. like carving a stone, and mm -hmm. we all continue to carve. You know, there's still decimas and sonnets being written every day, and trying to find and still finding new ways. You know, incredible after, with in the case of the sonnet, after like 900 years now or 800 something years since the first sonnets were written, still you know there is so much beauty hidden in, in within. So this is for me. This is like a mystery you know and it's a, it's a joy also it's a, it's a game what are there some things because now I have to ask these silly questions but you know about because as you travel and you are kind of inadvertent cultural ambassador for your country what are there some things about Chile that you would like people to know the when we talk about beauty and form and history yes well history for and the good and for artists. the bad yeah. yeah the amazing creators that have come from the country and above all, really, the the incredible natural beauty of Chile, yes. which is I've never seen anywhere else. And I'm not uh, chauvinistic. I mean, I don't put my kind whatever, you know. But sincerely, I mean, the beauty of nature in Chile and the way that it's still so untouched and so mm -hmm. pure and so virgin. And this is this is something that hopefully people get to at least know about, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, in a more specific way, I very much make it a point to. For example, in the U.S., especially in the U.S., to make sure that people are confronted with the fact that they have a completely wrong, cliché picture of what Latin America is, you know, because for them, South America is like Mexico, and not even Mexico. It's like much much to think about and much to feel and many things to reflect on in terms of uh, the natural beauty of uh, music and, and the stories you tell so I want to thank you uh, Nana Stern because you're I know you are you're yeah. jamming a bit there the soon band is with going. The, the band is uh, going but I want to thank you for sharing your insights and adding your oh, voice please. to the creative process it's a pleasure thank you Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews Producer on this podcast was Caroline Val. Digital Media Coordinator is Yu Young Lee. Festejo de Color, Santiago, and El Doliente were all written and composed by Nano Stern. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you would like to get involved in our exhibitions, podcasts, or submit your creative works, just drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info.